Uh, hello there, Jared, uh, who is talking. <laughs> this is the Our Time Podcast, and uh, today's topic is going to be hair. Um, it's more interesting than you think. Uh, my dad wanted to do this topic, and something that I didn't realize as a millennial is kind of uh, the culture wars that used to happen around hair and how big of a deal it is and you know now it's kind of nothing it's just hair so I think that was interesting to talk about and uh, we kind of talked about the societal implications of, of different hairstyles well anyway uh, yeah that's about it uh, so enjoy our time Apparently wanted to talk about hair today. I don't know why, and he wouldn't tell me why. So why don't we just go right over to you, Dad? <laughs> why did you want to talk about hair? What is this topic? Okay, a man I'm, about hair talks. A man without hair talks about hair. Go. I still have some hair left, <laughs> but this is exactly why I'm talking about hair. It's important, <laughs> and people put in probably put an undue importance on here. <clears throat> but the, um, the main reason actually I wanted to talk about here was I don't think that your generation even gets what an issue here is or was. And I'm talking back to like my high school days there during the hippie times and hair was a big deal. We all wanted to have long hair. High schools had dress codes. Uh, my high school would not let us have our hair go down beyond our earlobes or touch our collars. So everybody pushed the limit as far as they could <laughs> and had their hair go to those um, lengths. And it was, looked really stupid, all of us. <laughs> so, but it was... Um, it was um, during the 60s and 70s, you know, the hairstyles were a big, big deal. And um, it was one of the worst interactions or relations I ever had with my dad was he, of course, was an Archie Bunker type. I don't know if you remember, if you go Whenever back people make that as... reference, I never know what the hell they're talking about. So why don't you elaborate on Archie okay, Bunker? I see. believe he's like a <laughs> TV character who's vaguely racist. Yeah, um, All in the Family was was a show kind of like the greatest comedy show preceding um, Seinfeld. Everybody watched it. I don't it. find funny. And Archie Bunker was kind of like the sort of the conservative like worker, you know, with all those typical conservative ideas like we like we think of Trump supporters having now and his stepson was meathead he called him and he was like the hippy dippy all about like trying to get Archie to understand you know progressiveness and and there was a, a constant back and forth between them all the time Archie Bunker was famous for just sitting there in his chair and mouthing off and and so isn't this the guy no, he's not the guy from the honeymooners, is he? No, no, that that preceded it. Can't remember the actor's name, but anyhow, anybody of my generation watched All in the Family. That that was back at a time. 
I think uh, I'm not sure if all in the family preceded cable or not, but this is something else your generation doesn't even have an understanding of. There was a time when there was only three options, ABC, CBS, and NBC <laughs> to watch on TV. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, so. when I was growing up, it was at least there wasn't internet yet. I mean, there was, but not to the extent of like watching videos because it was really slow. It was 56K. So, I mean, when I was growing up, there was shows that everyone would watch and talk about because it's like the most popular show. And nowadays it's more, it's everything so segmented. There's like a billion shows and not less people are watching the same thing and having, having those little minor things to talk about. But anyway, continue with Archie Bunker. <clears throat> yes. And that, that's exactly true. It's um, <clears throat> one of the blessings and curses of, you know, us having so many mediums and the internet and everything is there's there's kind of a loss of of a anchor in the culture where you know everybody yeah. doesn't watch the same thing anymore so yeah. it's a, like game of thrones I, was close but i don't think you watched game of thrones no not yeah, a fan see? <laughs> so, <laughs> how do you know you're not a fan you never watched it i tried <laughs> i watched like five or so minutes of it a couple times just couldn't get into it but yes that's and i i believe isn't it on hbo where you have to pay for it yeah well the best tv you have to pay for yes yeah so maybe i could maybe you can get it on netflix now for no. free i don't know no okay well i'm not paying for that <laughs> <laughs> so but but good example though yeah that's a <clears throat> there's the occasional thing that kind of like catches the culture and and everybody watches probably the last show I could think of like that was Seinfeld Seinfeld friends. was very was equivalent friends. yeah Friends also yeah there you go shows that kind of like everybody watched young and old <clears throat> the family would sit around and watch like. Yeah. All in the all in the family was like that. Seinfeld was like that. I would watch Seinfeld with Pep and Walt, my parents, and we all would just like, you know, like crack up and everything. So things that uh had sort of a universal appeal and transcended generations. Can I take a brief tangent here? Because I actually Absolutely. I have a little thing about I'm listening to a book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, and he has a little segment about all in the family. And that show tested really, really poorly because it broke the conventional sense of having a show to turn your brain off. I guess they would talk about political topics on the show, which was like really not something they did until All in the Family came around. And it tested really poorly. And, but when uh, it came into the mainstream, everyone loved it. And it's because people and those environments, when you show them something and you ask them to talk about it, when it's something different, people have trouble distinguishing between um, I didn't like it uh, because it's different or I didn't like it because it's bad. And so people aren't necessarily always good at articulating those emotions in a, in a quick, anyways, that's a very minor tangent, but. Okay, That's what but, I know about All in the Family is that they did. A, <laughs> they apparently addressed political topics within the they, show. They did. It was, uh, and Archie and Meathead got into arguments all the time about politics. And you know, Meathead was a 
uh, anti-Vietnam protester and, and Archie was like, all four, you're supposed to like, you know, join the army and go to war. It just went on and on and on. But yeah, they had, um, they, they absolutely argued each of them the, from the different points of view. So um, my thing about here, just to try to illustrate to you how intense and heavy it was, there was a point I was a senior at high school and my father was just flipping about my hair and just insisted that I had to get a haircut. And um, so I was pushing the limits of my haircut like all the kids in high school were, you know, right down to the bottom of my earlobes and just barely touching the collar. And he hated it. <laughs> so basically, the law came down if I wanted to live in that house and get, you know, <laughs> free, free room and board, I was going to have to get a haircut. How old were you? Uh, 18. So is this during the draft at this point? The yeah. Yeah. Vietnam's happening? going on and everything during this point. And this was the, that was the thing. I mean, all these things came together and the proliferation of big long hairstyles and hippies and everything was kind of like a reaction against the military and the Vietnam. You know, the first thing they do when you get drafted and go into the army is they shave your head. Yeah. So, you know, like hippies, like anti-war protesters, hippies would um, do the opposite, grow their hair like out. And that's kind of like what started all that, I think. Um, but so anyhow, bottom line is <clears throat> my mother, who's trying to be the peacemaker, is kind of sympathetic, says, okay, Tommy, you know, we're going to get you a haircut. What we'll do is we'll go down. Don't, don't tap the thing by your mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what we'll, what we'll do is we'll go down to this hair shop where they do like really good haircuts. You know, we won't take you to the, the barber and get you a crew cut or a buzz saw so so i said all right so we go down to this place and um, so wait this is serious like you can't live there anymore if your hair is this long yes yes <laughs> it's like cut it or leave so so we go to this place and i not that there's anything wrong with this, but it was a gay hairstylist. So actually my first encounter with, with a gay person, you know, they weren't real out of the closet then or anything, but it was kind of obvious he was gay. No big deal, nothing wrong with that. But um, he, he lights right in. The first thing he does, he pulls out these um, fitters. He actually starts thinning my hair, this this big set of like scissors that is pulling out hunks of my hair and like thinning it. If you you can't imagine this, you that I might no. have had a thick head of hair at one point, but I did. So that offended me. And he goes and he does this haircut, which I did not like at all. I thought it was just I thought it was just like the hokiest haircut. I can't even describe it. So we go home and <laughs> this is my famous runaway story. I hop on my Schwinn Continental 10 speed and determined to run away to Beach Haven, which is like 60 miles away, <laughs> like <laughs> down to the shore, get on my bike, you know, I'm pedaling furiously. And so 
after about like 45 minutes, half an hour, I like ran out of steam and turned around and headed back home. <laughs> During this time, my mother and father are having this incredible like flip out argument where my mother's going, see what you've done, you know, like now he's taken off, he's run away, you know, like, you know, just because you made him cut his hair, you know. <laughs> and so they're going at it. My father's probably at this point into his fifth cocktail or something. He's like, oh, you know, it's no big deal. The kid will figure it out. <laughs> but anyhow, kind of end of that story. The point was. Well, Walt was kind of right there. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> he figured it out. What's yeah. the point? What's the point? So the, the point was, at that time, hair was heavy. What I love about today is hair is not an issue at all now. And any hairstyle goes. So I think that's progress. And I think that's reflective of the, the culture in general is waking up to accept diversity. Like you know, people have long hair, people have short hair, people have multicolored hair, all different kinds of hairstyles. It doesn't stop them from getting a job. It doesn't stop them from um, being accepted or not in society. We just kind of get it, you know? And it's still just because of my experience always kind of like surprises me when I go to the post office and see a guy with the hair down to his shoulders and it's like, okay, he's got the job. <laughs> so, you know, like it didn't stop him from getting a job, which, which comes to my next story about having what I had to do to my hair to get a job once, but I'll give you a, a chance to jump in and say anything that's going through your brain right now. Nope. I'm, I'm, this is going to be story time with dad. I think this episode, I don't, I don't have a lot to <laughs> okay. say about hair. I'll okay. cut I in think, when I feel I like think I have to. Well, once I get done my you know, job hair thing, I think that, well, I think you'll actually have more to say that you're thinking because we haven't gotten into the political implications of hair and how, and, and hair today. So, all right. So I got a job through a girlfriend I had whose father had a boat in a, as a handyman dock boy in a yacht harbor through his, you know, connections where he had the boat, sort of a summer job. And I go down to interview for the job. The guys, you know, like fine with me at this point, this is after high school and no hair restrictions any longer. And I'm a long hair hippie with hair down to my shoulders. Go wait, 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 wait. So hold on. So you, you, you got the haircut and did they just give up on that fight after you ran away for 45 minutes and came back? Like, yeah, it just like, I just like came back and, and sulked and went inside and it was just, <laughs> that was it. You know, it wasn't worth talking about anymore. I went to school the next day with my haircut and let it grow out and so at this, a little, for this story, are you still at home? No, no. This story okay. now, this is, you got to, this is fast forward a number of years. I'm now out of, out of high school. I'm living in California, Santa Barbara, going to college and I'm back for the summer. Uh, I On met a girl. Coast. I had a girlfriend who I met at university of Miami, which I ran away from the California whole long story. We won't go into, but I'm, um, she and I were living together in California 
and her father got me this job for the summer at the at the yacht club when I came mm-hmm. back for this summer. So I go to interview for the job, hair down to my shoulders, and the guy likes me and everything. He says, "Okay, you know, like you can have the job, but you got to cut your hair." <laughs> so, so here it comes again. So, what do I do? I get a, I go get a wig. <laughs> so, so I got a short hair wig because I, it was really, really important back then, you know, like your hair meant a lot. And it's, um, so I worked this job at the yacht club. I lived on my girlfriend's father's boat. I lived right there at the club, would put my short hair wig on during the day, do my dock boy duties and everything, then go home to the boat take off the wig <laughs> and just walk around the place. So it was this total charade. Everybody knew that I had the long hair and I was wearing this wig. And I, they, they called me, oh yeah, the, the guy with the wig. <laughs> but I mean, that's the extent that, you know, we could go to. And that, I, that also brings kind of like the whole race issue in a tangential way. Because as a white hippie, I was discriminated against and I learned to feel like black people feel, you know, when they're out in in the the world, especially like driving through Texas uh, on cross country trip with long hair, scary. But the thing is, just like with my job, I could get a wig. If I couldn't take it any longer, I could just cut my hair and I could just stop being discriminated against. Black people can't change the color of their skin. Yeah, but wait, hold up, because you're being discriminated against, like the cops would maybe give you a hard time, but they're probably not gonna like assault you. Or is that something that did happen? It did, it was not far different from cops treated hippies fairly similarly to the way that they treat blacks today, the the bad apples. Black people. It was not good. You didn't want to be in the, um, and and they definitely- Don't be tapping on that desk, dad. Okay. That comes up in the mic. (laughs) And they definitely um, did, Profiling. If you, you know, mm-hmm. if you were driving, if you had long hair and you were driving through a conservative area, you would probably get pulled over if the cops, you know, went by yeah. you and noticed that you had long hair. Instantly assume that you got drugs, that something's up, that you're a ne'er do well. But um, okay, enough of that. So let's get. <clears throat> But I wanted to ask personally from your point, because I think you have this understanding also of how important hair can mean to you. Was there not a time in your past when you got a haircut that was so bad that you did not want to go to school the next day and we had to fix it? What was that like? (laughs) I mean, it's not a very traumatic memory. Yes, this happened. I'm a very privileged middle-class person who is worried about his hair. Um, I wanted it like this guy from Blink-182, but the guy just like randomly just took chunks out of my hair. He did not know what he was doing. And we 
we went to my sister's beauty salon and found my next hairstylist and he was great. That was also, that was also a gay guy. And I think one of my first interactions with an openly gay person. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so in your case, the gay guy fixed your hair. In my case, the gay guy ruined my hair. Yes. So. <laughs> I, had, I had a positive experience. Yes. <laughs> so it just goes to show you can't judge people by their sexuality. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> but um, it, I might remember this better than you. You were flipped out in pretty much the same way that I was. And uh, you, uh, to the point that we had to come up with like some kind of fix or you weren't going to go to school the next day because you were so totally embarrassed. So so we, uh, yeah, Marion did save the day and we got you to a place where you're, um, hair was acceptable enough that you weren't embarrassed but people you know people's hair is important everybody's you know their hair is important to them and so i wanted to move up now to get into despite that all anything goes in here today i i think that even in this day and age there's constraints and um what would you say prejudices and assumptions made according to your hair and just I, Trump is like the greatest example of someone who's not able to just like accept that he's losing his hair and that ridiculous <laughs> yeah. comb over that he has yeah. that everybody knows it's a comb over but but I was thinking the, the other day if Trump actually just could accept his hair as it was and got a haircut that showed that I'm guessing his hair is about like mine or less. You know, I don't think he's got a lot on the top. He doesn't. It all comes from the sides. It's actually impressive the way he sculpts that because it's all side hair. Yeah, it is. So the thing is, imagine Trump just getting the normal haircut that people get that are losing their hair and just like go with it, you know, cut it short all around. Do you think he could have gotten elected president with that haircut? Hmm. I think probably, yeah, because I think the racists are going to like him no matter what. And I I think, but, uh, yeah, his branding would be off a little bit, I suppose. Uh, He's, it's weird that he's the representative of conservatives right now because he's this silver spoon guy from New York with a fake tan and, and a really bad comb over and he's not in shape and he never went to war. I mean, it's kind of weird that he's now the leader of the conservative party, both policy wise and both and within just who he kind of represents with his uh style i suppose no exactly and in a way it actually makes total sense to me because he's a caricature he's a living caricature yeah and if you would if you had watched all of the family and knew what who archie bunker was he's basically a reincarnation of archie bunker (laughs) so 
And his attraction is that he's um, trying to hold on to the past and, and not able to grasp progress into the future. He wants, he wants to stop things where they were when white privileged people were white and privileged and nobody else could threaten their privilegedness. And so that's, and, and people are scared. And um, I, I don't want to get too far off into the tangent of that. I mean, we could go on forever about Trump, but it, it's, but that is what he's tapped into. And that is what he tapped into. I know when I tapped the desk. <laughs> he, um, Trump is a fear monger. Yeah. It, it blows my mind when he talks. He, he blatantly talks as if people are just out there waiting to come break into your house and take your things and, and stuff and, and take your jobs away, blah, 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 blah. And people are afraid of that. Well, let me just say something. I think uh, he is a fear monger, uh, but I think it's important to just note that conservative brains and liberal brains are literally different. They literally respond to different things. I have a liberal brain. I am more open to new experiences as part of my brain because when I have new experiences, I have dopamine that's released into my body. That doesn't happen with conservatives. This isn't like a, a definitive, but it's like you can predict, I think with like 80% accuracy, just based on how the brain is. And one thing with conservatives is they react more strongly to fear. And that's why you see often in the messaging of conservatives is that fear card. I mean, Bush used to do it too with the, with the you know, Al-Qaeda. And there's these people over in the Middle East that are going to take your, they want it, they hate us and they're going to take our freedom and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a consistent message in conservatism, but it's because it's how their brains work. I don't want to, I hate it, but I understand it. Okay, correct to a degree, and where um, where Trump gets bizarre is conservatives. And I'm not a conservative, but I understand some of their points, and yeah. some of their some of where they come from is fear based. But but Trump has taken that fear thing and just trumped it up to a whole For different sure. level uh, yes and so and i don't think all conservatives by any means have that in their nature and i think they're pretty i think many conservatives are repulsed by trump so i would say I there's so. the conservative brain the way i would put it there's the conservative brain there's a liberal brain and then there's the reptilian brain. <laughs> yeah, that's Trump. For <laughs> and that's all Trump. reptilian. Yeah, you know he's 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 all about fight or flight. Yeah, you know so that's what's going on in his brain. Probably has a lot to do with losing his hair. He'd probably be a lot mellower if he still had a full <laughs> Jesus, head of hair. I don't think so. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
you know, Trump considered fancies himself a playboy and everything. And, and like, um, hair is considered a sign of virility and everything else. And it was really hard for him to, uh, it's hard for anybody to lose Don't their hair. Tap. Don't tap. Don't tap. Okay. Now, and so another question here. Do you think Obama would have gotten elected if he had an afro? Oh, man. I wish he would have an afro. I was talking about this the other day because I was watching <laughs> Becoming. And I just, I feel like he felt that he couldn't have it because I think that there's a thing in society where afros aren't viewed as professional. Um, I wish he would just grow it out. Like, he's retired now. I would love to see him with a big afro, but he'll never do it. He's too professional, too buttoned up. But uh, do I think he would be um, 2008? I think whoever the Democrats nominated was going to become president. And Obama personally got me in 2004. I remember watching his convention speech about there's no red America, there's no blue America. It's a purple America. It turned out to be kind of not that true, though. Uh, it's definitely very red and blue. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, maybe it would have been a little bit too much if he had an afro, but I would like him to grow it out now. <laughs> yeah, I would too. And uh, Michelle has fairly straight hair, and I don't know if that I that's naturally uh, straight that, or not. No, that's it's a thing that black folks do. is called straightener, and they basically put this chemical uh, in their hair that can burn the crap out of them and it straightens their hair and, or you can get a weave, you weave in hair that usually comes from, uh, China or, or India, I believe. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of my point. I think that's really sad. They're, oh, it's definitely sad. They're try. they're, um, they can't have their change, natural hair. Exactly. They are they have changing to conform their to white natural society. hair. Exactly. Changing their natural hair to more conform to white society. Oh, yeah. That's more very acceptable by whites. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I hate that. So that's, um, and kind of like brings me to Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> like he, um, he started out, you know, quarterbacking with pretty much like Obama's close cropped hair. And somewhere along the line, he, he really gained a serious social consciousness. And he caught on to what we're, thanks to George Floyd's murder, are all kind of catching on to is, that was, is the mistreatment of blacks and everything. So... Along with that, he started growing his hair out and taking the knee and caught a huge amount of flack for that. My, my personal hope is that when sports start up again, I want to see every freaking sports star for at least the next year all take a knee. And, and oh, so, people are going to hate you saying that. <laughs> it's yep, okay. We only well, have six listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at the flat Colin got, and he probably lost his quarterback job over it. He did. And, um, and that kind because of, he got, you know, like people don't like sports stars getting too, you know, political. <laughs> so, yeah. And so Colin got very political and he was right on. And it's, um, uh, but what was funny, you know, what, I don't know if he still got his hair as afroed out as it was, but when he started growing it, that me of all people should have like dug that 
I looked at him and go, call and give me a break. You look really stupid. Like the 60s are over and he puts on his football helmet and his hair's hanging out. So no, like, he wasn't playing when, when that was happening. He wasn't. He was. He had already been – he was the – he was uh, sitting on the bench most of that. He had already been replaced as a starter at that okay, point. Okay, so you mean he wasn't playing, but he was still – I remember He was in uniform, but he wasn't right. he was getting in uniform. on the field. I remember his helmet on his head with all his hair, you know, sticking out and everything. But, but anyhow, no, no big deal. But it was kind of funny that I caught myself mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking like Archie Bunker. You know, here I am, you know, like – I had this horrible experience of, you know, being discriminated against by hair length and everything. And then like, I'm like disenculled and Kaepernick when his afro got really out of control. I thought he looked silly. <laughs> well, I think that's important. It's important because we all have these little beliefs that aren't in, in the back of our head that aren't necessarily the right beliefs. So it's uh, important to be conscious of those and I guess actively try to, sort it out and and get to the right side of the equation exactly and so you know so that's what i wanted to talk about here i enjoyed this conversation about hair with you i know that you were really skeptical about having this conversation and didn't understand whatsoever why i wanted to talk about hair i think um maybe you kind of get it now probably still don't think it's the greatest subject for our time <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I I'm glad to have had the conversation I, I just think it's interesting to look at the culture through the lens of hair so that's it it was kind of fun <laughs> it was fun all right uh, so we will catch you all uh, in about two weeks. We're still, still going to do this uh, bi-weekly. So thank you for listening, and that's our time.